all have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey. You've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver, and today we're going to talk about solo sex. For whatever reason, even in this day and age, talking about masturbation is still pretty taboo for us ladies. And by now, many of you know that I'm all about helping people explore their lexuality shamelessly and without judgment. So joining me today to shatter those taboos is the one and only Julieta Chiara, a young sex blogger and digital media expert whose focus is on normalizing female sexuality and empowerment. Julieta and I are going to get down and dirty to talk about self-love, pleasure, and masturbation, including how to get creative with pleasuring yourself. On later in today's show, I'll be answering some questions from you, the audience, during Letters to Lexi. If you want me to give you some lectural advice with the bonus help of my special guest or guests each week, write into me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. You can also check out LexiSilver.com for more info. Now, before we start our chat with Julieta, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to fearlessly embrace your lexuality with Julieta and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about my special guest today. Julieta Chiara is a young sex blogger, BDSM fanatic, travel slut, digital media entrepreneur, and self-described professional dildo photographer. Her mission is to normalize female sexuality and empowerment and help others reclaim their power and confidence by motivating us to embrace our pleasure and have a loving relationship with ourselves. As an educator, writer, and coach, Julieta loves helping people, especially women, explore how to overcome shame around sexuality, discover different ways to achieve and explore pleasure pleasure, and to navigate modern relationship dynamics and the erotic world of BDSM. As an entrepreneur and incredible boss bitch, Juliette is also the founder of Kiara Collective, where she helps grow brands in the adult space through social media, branding and content management, and much more. And on a personal note, Juliette is also my right-hand woman, so I can testify that she's all of these things that I just described and much, much more. Welcome to my show, Julieta. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Lexi. I, that was a very intricate bio. That was a very <laughs> intricate bio, but I'd expect nothing less because working with you every single day, this is basically everything that we do together every single day. <laughs> and we much more. Intricate. We yeah. get naughty and we, we get wild. So we work well as a team. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I'm so happy to have you here because we already have these kinds of conversations one-on-one on Skype and on the phone. So I'm really happy that we get to share a little bit of our dirty minds and uh, some of the conversations that we've had with everybody else. <laughs> I Let's... don't know if this is your best idea or your worst idea, but it's happening. We're in a time where it's very stressful right now. So if anybody wants to hear the shit show that is, 
our friendship and dynamic. I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, it's not like we're giving anyone a choice. So it's going to be great. I think this is a wonderful idea. And especially because talking about masturbation is really taboo. And part of what you do and you do really well is with your own brand and with other brands is to take those taboos and really change the way people think about things and to really destigmatize things like female pleasure. When it comes to masturbation, especially female masturbation, why is it still so taboo for us to talk about masturbating? Like men can talk about this, you know, it's always a running joke, you know, jerking off this and that, men watch porn, all of that. But when it comes to women talking about pleasure, it's a really different story. Why do you think that is? It's interesting to see how it's framed. And I I was writing a little bit today that even within sex positive communities, I do feel that women that masturbate, they're still viewed very differently. It's like you said, men, it's kind of the running joke. It's normal to jack off, whatever, whatever. But even within a sex positive space, you often see that if a woman masturbates, she must be this crazy nympho, this crazy overly sexual being, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, which doesn't make any sense. It's, we're just meeting our needs the same exact way that men do. In my opinion, I have felt that the run against female sexuality, empowerment, and pleasure has to really come down to the social construct of power. When a woman is powerful in the sense that she owns her pleasure, she's confident in her sexuality, that's something that you can't take away from someone. But if you do, you do take away their power in some sense. So I do feel that the oppression of masturbation for women and kind of this taboo on pleasure has to do about taking power away from women. (laughs) That's such a nice way of looking at it because it's super accurate. And, you know, that kind of power and I guess those those constructs because, you know, historically and even today, we're still a society that is mostly run by men. And when women start taking charge of conversations and of our own sexuality, it really changes things. When women start talking about, you know, masturbation, sexual pleasure, having orgasms, not just having them, but also having the right and feeling deserving of that pleasure. The conversation really changes because we are taking and reclaiming that power, as you like to say, for ourselves. And that really, really affects the views that we even have within ourselves when it comes to masturbation. Absolutely. And one thing that people don't understand is that when we as women learn how to harness our sexual power, just as men do, men are encouraged to harness their sexual power their entire life. We equate our power with the rest of the things we do in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, when I'm, a, if I'm a sexually confident woman, which I am, and so are you, I think you've noticed that there's a great shift in the way we handle ourselves in business, the way we handle ourselves with normal friendships and the way that people treat us and what we prioritize. When I wasn't a sexual confident being, I was a little more of a pushover. I was very flexible. I wasn't comfortable asking for what I wanted. I wasn't good at putting down boundaries, whether that be sexually or not. So when we do harness this power, not only do we have powerful sex lives and masturbation, but we we really relay that into everything else we do. And you're so right about that because when we are actually in charge of our own sexuality, it really, really is affecting all of the other spheres of our lives. So what you said about our professional outlook, how we conduct ourselves in business, that confidence is so key and so powerful. It really does change the way we engage with the world just by the way we are engaged with ourselves and our own bodies. So How can masturbation help increase those feelings of self-confidence? In a lot of ways, 
I feel that it, one of the most important things is coming back to your body. A lot of the reason we may not feel comfortable masturbating is because we may not feel comfortable in our bodies. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, which is land of the Mormons, <laughs> where oftentimes, I, I know, right? Uh, how, did, how the fuck did I come out of there? I'm so <laughs> thankful my Latino parents were not into religion because that would have screwed me up so badly. But I grew up in an environment where my peers didn't know the difference between their urethra in their vagina. They had never looked at their own genitals. A lot of them even avoided using tampons because that would involve having to touch their own vulvas and vaginas. Mm -hmm. So the biggest issue here is that we have shame attached to the body. When women come to me and they ask me, women, men, whoever, and they say, I want to get comfortable with my body, I want to get comfortable with my sexuality, the first thing I tell them is that masturbation is your number one tool. It is one of the safest things you can do in this world, unless you're using like some crazy toys, which I don't recommend. <laughs> and there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of harm that can go into that. But the reason I say it's the safest, it's because it's you alone. There's no one pressuring you to do anything you don't want to do. You take the time to explore your body. I recommend doing it with a mirror so you can look at what your body, the design of your body. I say everybody's vulva is like a thumbprint. They're all very different. They're all very beautiful and unique to us, which is amazing. And once we get used to touching ourselves and looking at ourselves, that's when pleasure can start coming through. If you did grow up with sexual shame around your body or your functions, I would say the first couple of times trying to masturbate might not even be the most comfortable. But once you're okay with touching yourself and looking at yourself, you start to see that pleasure seeps through and you start to get a little more explorative. Harnessing that in itself will start to slowly seep into your life in many ways, whether that be the sexual relationships with people, how you handle yourself at work, how you present yourself with peers, because you are gaining confidence in yourself. So it's like a pyramid effect. It's really too bad that, you know, I mean, in general, schools don't really do much in terms of teaching about sex ed. But one thing that they really don't do, which they really should, is when they talk about sex and sexuality and our bodies and how they change, right? Um, you you know, talking about like junior high when your body is uh, developing and you're going through puberty and adolescence and all these hormones are just raging. The safest thing you could do is masturbate. But schools don't really teach about that. They don't talk about how exploring your own body is a positive thing. It's really framed in a more shameful way. And it really doesn't help, you know, when you add on layers like religion or the way society seems to feel about masturbation. So if you were a teacher and you wanted to teach people from even a young age, how beneficial masturbation can be to their physical and psychological well-being. How would you do that? What would you say? <laughs> That's a multifaceted question. I think in a blanket term, because like you said, we're all raging hormones, we're all over the place. I think first and foremost, the most important thing that we have to tell these kids is that you are having sexual feelings. And if you are, that is completely normal. When we bring up masturbation and what it means to touch yourself or to self pleasure, odds are that's not going to be such a foreign concept because by the time we all hit that age, we have all, I think it's like an 80 or 90% of us have all masturbated whether we know we are or not, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So we start from young ages, we start humping pillows, we start touching ourselves, we start grinding against things. A lot of the times we, if we never were educated in what masturbation is, we've probably been humping things all day long. We were just never told what it is. So... <laughs> We're little masturbation machines. When we teach that sexual feelings are okay, that pleasure is okay, and it's the safest to give yourself, and then you teach children or maybe preteens, if you feel more comfortable, that this is what touching yourself means, this is what happens, and that this is your body. 
I think giving authority and consent and self-autonomy to yourself is the most important thing. Like you said, society may sometimes frame masturbation as a shameful thing because they say you're doing something to yourself or you're not respecting yourself. I think if you have self-autonomy and you touch yourself and you explore your own pleasure, then I think you're doing one of the highest goods you can. I think it's the most respectful thing you can do for yourself, don't you think? Oh, hell yeah. All right, everybody, respect the hell out of yourselves tonight, all right? (laughs) Get in touch (laughs) with your body. Just the fact that when you are touching yourself, you're kind of putting your body on a pedestal, right? You're you're giving yourself pleasure. You're allowing your hands or whatever toy that you're using to travel on your body, to shape to the different contours of your body, to derive pleasure from anything that you're doing in a way that is the most respectful thing that you could possibly do. You're giving back to yourself by feeling good and making yourself feel good. So yeah, that's a really nice way to frame it. And it's unfortunate that that people haven't seen it that way. Something that always stuck with me, not because I ever thought it applied to me, but I thought this was outrageous that it was being taught to kids uh, in terms of the Mormon religion that I grew (laughs) up with. I, in the flesh, have heard someone refer to masturbation as self-raping. Oh my God. Yeah. Imagine how terrified you would be if you knew nothing about your body. And they said, the minute you touch your genitals and you feel any good from it, you are violating yourself. There is nothing violating about touching your own body and creating pleasure. Why would we have the ability to create pleasure and not take advantage of it? That is such an extreme way of looking at masturbation. But, you know, there are other religions too that frown upon like touching yourself, masturbation and that kind of thing, even just having sexual thoughts in general. And, you know, growing up in a religious background for a lot of people, depending on the religion, of course, and also the framework, like how your your parents talk about sexuality with you and talk about your body, that is scary. So basically, all that does is really teaches people that your body is something to be ashamed of. You're, it's not good to experience pleasure. Pleasure is bad. you know. And touching yourself, which like we've been saying is the safest thing that you can do, is wrong. And then you grow up thinking that anything sexual, anything related to pleasure or your body is wrong. And that just stays with you no matter what sexual experiences or relationships you have later in life. So, you know, framing masturbation and, you know, your body experiencing pleasure, even if it's at your own hands, framing that in a positive way is one of the most important things that educators and parents can do for somebody. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in a second. I just want to take a quick break and tell everybody about the world's largest adult sex education platform, SJC.com, where you can find loads of information about sex, health, and relationships like masturbation, like what we're talking about right now. Watch videos, listen to podcasts, and read articles from professionals all around the world, like Dr. Jess, Marla Stewart, Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101, Dr. Jamie M. Grant, and many more SDC contributors, including myself and Julieta. So go check out SDC.com where you can find this podcast episode and a lot more. So Julieta and I were just talking about the importance of seeing your body in a positive way and having masturbation not be a shameful thing. We're 
removing that kind of shame around sexuality, pleasure, and loving your own body. And when it comes to self-pleasure, those of us who are experienced with masturbation, like myself and Julieta, we've talked about this on so many occasions, because why not? Often, just like when you're with a partner for a long period of time, you know, we tend to do a lot of the same things to get ourselves off. You know, we have a routine, maybe we have a favorite sex toy or a different a same position that always tends to work for us because we know our bodies and we know it works. But sometimes it's fun to get creative. So how can we start to experiment with the ways that we play with ourselves to derive more pleasure and get more novelty out of it? And I'm completely guilty of this. And I agree with you. I, I feel that sometimes, especially you and I, we're both entrepreneurs. We both have a lot of shit going on. So we do tend to default. Yeah, no, we literally do. Half the time we talk to each other, we're like, have you slept? I don't think you have. Have I? No. <laughs> so, so when we get into our zones, it's ironic to see that even though you and I are in the business of pleasure, sometimes pleasure might end up taking not a backseat, but kind of a complacency. It could be really easy to just whip out the wand and slam out a few. <laughs> and go back to work. I know my poor wand has seen better days. If it had a voice, it would scream. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. If our sex toys could or, tell the story. <laughs> if they could. Or like I have here, I have an arsenal of toys. I, as you mentioned in, in my introduction, I am a sex blogger. So sex toys are not lacking in my household. If anything, I, I have to give them away because I just get too many. Getting creative is also an ode about self-respecting and really playing into the term self-care. The term mm -hmm. self-care has always been a little weird for me because I don't relax off of sitting in a bathtub and putting on a face mask. For me, self-care is brutal BDSM and some orgasms, right? Mm -hmm. So setting aside self-care time, which I like to do to get creative, is I set maybe 30 to minutes to an hour aside. And I try some new techniques with masturbation. So for example, if you're used to laying on your back when you masturbate, try flipping over to your stomach. If you haven't ever experimented with toys inside of the shower, give that a go. Change the scenery, change the type of stimulation, and change the way you touch yourself. I like that. You know, even the changing of positions, even if you're using the same toy, that feels really different, right? And you might, you know, grind it's against extremely. it or, yeah, you might try something new. What I found is that a big complaint with those who masturbate, they might say, I can only reach climax if I use this toy in this position. And that's why it's important to experiment with the kinds of masturbation that you do, just as you brought up right now. It's because we become a little more versatile in the way that we learn how to receive pleasure. With that masturbation, that doesn't mean that a partner is not involved. If anything, I think it'd be great to have a partner there. I really love participating in mutual masturbation. Mm. My partners love watching me masturbate. Sometimes I wonder if they even came over to have sex or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably, but yeah. I, I know. I, I, after a while, and I'm, I'm a submissive, but I'm so much of a giver where I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying. I'm like, well, I, I would like to also give at some point. So are you going to participate or are you just going to watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's also self-pleasuring in the act of sex, however sex may look to you, whether it be oral and you're incorporating a new toy or a new technique. I really like talking my partners. 
through what I like. So if a partner's going down on you, tell them what you want them to do. There's a lot of ways to mix up how you receive pleasure and how you masturbate, whether you include a partner or not. I love what you're saying because varying the ways that you masturbate will help you learn how to receive pleasure in different ways. And I I think that's really something critical because a lot of people, and especially women, because we know that people with penises can have a much easier time attaining orgasm. Those with vulvas don't have as easy a time, right? It really depends on so many factors, right? And I'm not even talking about, you know, feeling stressed out or tired and all the psychological stuff that plays into it, because that can be the same uh, for, you know, people with penises. But what I'm talking about is how are our vulvas shaped? Are our clits more exposed? Are they bigger, smaller, more hidden under the hood? You know, the distance between our opening versus our clit. There's so many different things that factor in. So once we find that like little thing that helps us with masturbation and we stick to that and then we try to show our partner that one thing, it doesn't really leave a lot of creativity in the bedroom or wherever else that we're having sex. Our partners seem to feel like, well, if I don't do this one thing, then I can't give my partner pleasure in the way that they want to receive it. But by varying it up with yourself first and figuring out those things that make you tick, maybe they're different, right? I love just what you said there before, you know, just the flipping over and then trying new things with uh, different angles, uh, different kinds of pressure, touching yourself in different ways. If we learn different things that work on ourselves first solo, right? Before we introduce it to a partner. Exactly. That'll totally make your sex life, your partnered sex life, so much more interesting. It, it makes it a lot more interesting. And it goes back to the same statement that will always be true. Masturbation is the safest place for you in any way, shape, or form. Whether that be, like you said, exploring your own pleasure, exploring new forms of pleasure, exploring fantasies, etc. And you're right. A partner may feel a little differently about trying something different because they're like, well, oh shit, if he or she only comes in this way, is it really worth trying something else? What if I'm not satisfying them? If you try it with yourself first, you're probably going to have a little more confidence. And even if you do try it with a partner from the get-go, I think communication still plays a really essential part in that. Because even when you do masturbate and you find a new form of stimulation that you like or you want to try something new, or maybe you've explored a fantasy in masturbation, you still have to relay that to your partner. Mm. Your partner, as much as we love them, they're not oracles. So whatever we do discover in <laughs> masturbation, exactly, they're not, God, I fucking wish they could read our minds. And and I'm talking from experience because I have the hardest, 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 hardest time coming during sexual interactions. I don't know if I can't multitask or if I just get fucking distracted. But my fucking clit does not like to work with me sometimes. And that's where toys have been very beneficial and having really strong communication to get myself in a spot where I can hopefully climax. So I understand that. But that's what I wanted to bring up is just as important as it is to discover your forms of pleasure and masturbation, relaying that to your partners is equally as important. Oh my God. Yes. And I love that you brought up communication and you hinted at that before when you were saying, you know, you love talking to your partners and, you know, letting them know what makes you feel good. You mentioned also, you know, mutual masturbation, which I think is such an underrated form of sex and foreplay, right? And I say sex because a lot of people think sex is all about penetration, which is not true. I think a lot of us have 
have to reframe the way we think about sex and sexuality because sex is not just, you know, penis in vagina penetration or penis in any How orifice. How boring would that be? So boring, you know, fisting and That's fingering. Yeah, there's, there's so much. <laughs> there's so many great things that we can do if we can broaden our definition of sex. But mutual masturbation is such a great way of, you know, showing your partner what you want, telling them, you know, while, while you're doing it, you know, I'm applying this kind of pressure, you know, like I, I love doing this and, you know, rubbing circles on my clit with this toy and this really works for me. Or, you know, you could get them involved, you know, have them, you know, add some fingers in there, have them touch your breasts or some other parts of your body while you're, you know, you're getting yourself off. There's so much that we can do if we start to broaden that definition of sex. And also if we communicate to our partners, I love that you mentioned communication. Communication, it's the essence of everything. We wouldn't be able to do anything correctly if we didn't communicate. In sex, it's the same thing. If not, I think in any sort of sexual interaction, in any sort of relationship, if you don't have communication, then nothing is going to work. I don't want to go into sex thinking it's a game of fucking charades. I want to tell you what I fucking like. (laughs) You're right. And the whole thing about, you know, our partners are not psychic. They are not psychic. And even if you tell them what it is that you want, sometimes, you know, showing them and also reinforcing them, right? So if they're doing something good and you really enjoy it and, you know, they're following your lead from what they saw when you were masturbating, they're not going to necessarily get it the first time. So when they're trying it on you, you need to tell them, yeah, that feels really good or, you know, apply more pressure or a little more to the right or guide their hand or their mouths or whatever other body part to help yourself feel that pleasure that you also can feel when you're doing it to yourself. So that communication and, you know, getting out of your heads that your partner is psychic, those are really, really important things. And that'll just, you know, increase the intimacy in your relationship. If you can't talk about sex with your partner and you can't tell them how you feel when they're playing with you, then chances are the communication in the rest of your relationship probably isn't that great, you know? So definitely those are things to work on. (laughs) Just saying blanket statement. We see that far too often. It's like we said at the beginning of this podcast, how you are sexually is a pretty good determinant on how you are with virtually everything else in your fucking life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can't ask for what you want in bed, what makes me think that you can ask for a raise at work mm. or what, speak up when something goes wrong? Ask to go on a vacation. There's, if you can't say it during sex, I'm going to assume that there's going to be a lot of dips in your life. Another thing that comes with that communication, uh, and I see this more often from my readers as an issue in their relationships, and this might come back to what is the setback with female masturbation, is that a lot of uh, male identifying people, they find it very threatening to the ego if their partners tell them what they like, because they might think that maybe uh, I'm not good enough or I'm not doing well. And the same goes to the amount of backlash that comes from partners not wanting their female partners to use sex toys. They see it as, I get this all the time, I get men in my inbox that say, I don't really like that my girlfriend has a dildo or a vibrator. Am I not enough? Am I not pleasing her? That's not what it is. That's really not. There's not a replacement. If there are a a replacement, you wouldn't even be around right now. That is such a good point. And I get that too, you know, and that is a concern because, you know, uh, the ego is a real thing. And I find that those who identify as male too in society, they're brought up that they have to be these studs. They have to know how to pleasure a woman. Pleasuring a woman is everything. So if you even hint at, hey, you know, uh, maybe they're you're not a stud. Maybe what you're doing is not actually working for me. To those people, I say every single person is different. You know, even if you're able to 
make one woman come a million times, maybe what you're doing is not going to work for the next woman. And even with the same woman, maybe certain times of the month, she wants a little bit more pressure or a lighter touch or a more romantic interaction. It really depends. But if that's not communicated and you don't leave room open for that communication, then things are going to go south. And I don't mean that in a good way. (laughs) No. And that's the thing is the way I see it is your ego so fragile that you think a silicone toy is going to replace (laughs) you. That is not, that's not the way it works. The way that I have always framed sex toys for, for females, especially because like I said, the biggest concern from partners is are toys meant to replace me? Is communication and asking for what they want? Is it an attack on my ego? Here's the thing with sex toys. And, and Lexi, correct me if I'm wrong. When you <laughs> get to the airport after a long ass flight, you could walk to your house. You could walk to your house. You really fucking could. But would you rather take a fucking Uber? I'd yeah. probably think yes, that you would want to take an Uber. You get to the same destination, just once a lot fucking faster and more comfortable yeah. than the other. There are simply tools to get you where you need to go. They do not take away from the experience. The destination is the fucking same. Mm-hmm. Either you're on board or you walk your ass home. That is such a great way to look at it. And it not only does it bring you to the same destination and faster, right? Um, but it enhances the experience. So while you're in that Uber, maybe you're in a luxurious Uber and there's such good music playing and it really makes the ride so much better. And you give that person a five-star rating because, wow, that was awesome. It could have been just a regular old Uber ride, you know, but no, it was different. There was something special about it. Those are the kinds of experiences that we remember. So yeah, that is such a great parallel. Thank you for mentioning that. And with men too, I always (laughs) tell them, you are more than enough, but why not? Depending on the partner, as you spoke about, it depends on the partner, the time of the month, how much stimulation they need. For myself, I'm someone that if, if we're going down the route of oral, it might be 20, 30 minutes. And I always like to mention, even though I enjoy oral, why not include a little vibration in there? Because I get there faster. You don't get lockjaw. We both have fun. I'm still having fun with your face between my legs and I'm getting to my destination a lot faster. That's so true. And speaking of pleasure, I want to invite all of you lectual people to prepare yourselves for the erotic journey of a lifetime. My collection of erotic short stories, Mating Season, is published, so don't miss it. Get all of my lectual news at LexiSilver.com, where you can also subscribe to my newsletter. Plus, connect with me for juicy excerpts of my stories on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. So Julietta and I were just talking about pleasure, enhancing that pleasure, and how sex toys can really add to the experience and enhance your intimacy. So I want to talk about sex toys. And if you want to know more about those, by the way, all right, follow Julietta on social. We're going to tell you how to do that later and check out her blog. She is constantly talking about new toys and how they feel. And we've had some very hilarious conversations conversations about that. And to that end, I want to talk a little bit about butt stuff, okay? Because lots are curious about putting stuff in their butts, but are worried that, you know, it might hurt or it might be unpleasant. They don't really know how to go about it. So let's talk about a couple of tips that you can maybe offer to help people start experimenting with anal play. First off, butt stuff is an equal opportunity employer. Oh, yeah. We all get to have fun with butt stuff. Mm -hmm. So we all have a butt. I mean, 
if I had a prostate, that'd be even cooler. If I had a prostate, I'd be shoving things up my ass all the time, but I don't. So I'm just <laughs> enjoying things at, at a normal pace. I'm telling you, there's something everybody can gain from anal and anal, anal stimulation, whatever that may look like for you. For example, what a lot of female bodies don't realize is just how sensational is, uh, the anus and any sort of anal stimulation is. The reason being is because as you see in your anatomy, it is directly positioned behind your vagina. To give you an example of how that is stimulating, I had to test out a, a butt plug here a couple days ago. I told you everything about it, Lexi. <laughs> I had so much fun during that conversation. <laughs> I, told, I told you everything about it. And essentially, what that butt plug does is not only does it stimulate the nerve endings that you have in and around the anus, but then it applies pressure to the vaginal and vulva area. So where it might take me, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes to get fully aroused and have an orgasm just normally with my fingers or maybe with a light toy, the minute I have a butt plug in, shorten that time down to about five to 10 minutes. And these are full body, booty, cheek clenching, astronomical blackout orgasms. I don't know how to explain this to you. <laughs> oh my God, you couldn't explain it any better than that. Astronomical blackout <laughs> orgasms. I am so sold on that. <laughs> There has to be like a lack of oxygen to the brain because things just go completely sideways for me. And I won't lie. The thing is, there's no such thing. And you can agree with this because you and I are both anal connoisseurs. Like mm -hmm. We love butt play. There's no <laughs> such thing as anal on command. And I think that's where a lot of women especially feel a lot of pressure when it comes around the topic of anal. Their partners might watch porn. They might watch porn and they just see this easy anal happening all the time. There's a lot more to anal play than what you see in films. Films are fantasy. They're not reality. Yeah. When it comes to anal play, you have to be patient with yourself because you are essentially training the sphincter, which is the muscle there at, at your anus, to relax. You, it's very hard to teach a muscle that, that pushes out to relax, to push things in. Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why people, when they attempt anal play and they may not be educated, they think, oh, I don't ever want to do this again because it's painful. Of course it's painful because you're not taking some of the essential steps, which may be warming up and sizing up with toys and using lubricant. So much oh lube. Oh my goodness. So much lube. Your booty does not self-lubricate. Mm -hmm. So when you're missing these key components, yeah, of course it's going to be painful. But then again, any kind of penetrative sex in any orifice is kind of painful if you don't know the essential steps to it. Mm -hmm. When did I first have anal? I was really young. I mean, I had a long-term boyfriend by the time I was 16. So I was probably about 17 when I had anal sex for my first time. And I was a bit uneducated. And it took about a couple weeks of trying to make it happen successfully and without pain. And that was learning some of the essential steps like cleaning out first off mm -hmm. because you are entering your anus. So you should clean out the first portion of your colon there. My biggest point was getting used to things like rimming or playing with fingers and then maybe some light toys. Was the experience kind of similar to, for you? Yeah. I mean, for my Myself, I did. That's why, you know, I love that we're talking about masturbation right now because before I ever experimented with actual anal penetration, I was always worried that, you know, it would be painful. That was always something that was really a top of mind for me. That and it was going to be messy, right? Who doesn't think anal sex is going to be mm -hmm. messy? But then, you know, I did a little bit of research and I learned, like you said, you know, how to clean myself out. And, you know, it's it's not super complicated. It does take some time sometimes, 
but you know, douching, simple douche with water can really help and it'll ease the experience and it'll take away the whole idea that you have in your mind that it could be messy. So once I learned that, and then I experimented on myself with uh, just like regular butt plugs, I got a system that had three different sizes. The biggest size was enormous and I still can't fit that into my ass, but I started with the first one and it was, it was fairly small. It was maybe about a, a finger and a half. And that to me was, you know, at the time was a lot. I was like, wow, I feel so filled. It's so much pressure in there. And I started slow. I lubed the hell out of that thing. A lube everywhere. Totally messy experience, like with the lube. Um, but it was worth it. And I went really slow. I made sure I had all the time in the world. I was home alone. There was no one there. I had no pressure. So that's really something important to take that time and to feel like, you know, I can do this just very slowly, gradually trying to put this inside me. And eventually I got it in and I was like, wow, this actually feels really good. It felt relaxed. And you're right about that relaxation. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So right about that. If you have any gram of tension, any gram of rush, any gram of pressure, your ass will quench. And if your ass clenches, nothing is making it inside. So what a mentor told me early on when it came to receiving any sort of anal stimulation and then eventually graduating to have really transformative anal penetration was that anal is one of the most unique and beautiful forms of stimulation that as the receiver, you need to learn how to Mm -hmm. relax and fully receive. Mm -hmm. That was a concept that was really foreign to me because like I told you, I'm very much a giver. I'm kind of tense from stress. So having to put myself in a spot where you have no option but to relax or else this isn't going to work. And that came in the form of, like you said, taking your time, experimenting with a lot of lube, having toys that maybe up your way. And I found that finding certain positions that you can relax in usually helps speed up the process. So for myself, the easiest way when I'm experimenting with a toy, the easiest way for me to relax is I usually lay on my side, almost in a fetal position. And I take my outer leg and I curl it into my chest. And that way I I feel like I can relax fully and really access myself and be able to play with the toy. Slowly. When I first started, I couldn't find that position. It was hard. I had to try a lot of different things before I got to that point. So that experimentation exactly. is crucial. It is. And I, I think that I don't think it's reasonable for us. I feel like if we needed to really talk about the depths of anal, we might have to end up doing another podcast. Which the depths. We should end up linking. We should end up linking <laughs> this to you. You have an amazing blog on exploring uh, anal stimulation and anal sex, which is really great. When you do go through the steps where you learn how to relax and experiment with toys. And if you want to graduate to having anal penetration with a partner that may have a penis, when you are able to do that in the correct way where you are relaxed, you have enough lube, you find it pleasurable. I would beg to say that most of the women I talk to, including myself, even in periods where I was having a lot of anal sex, I found it more sensational than vaginal. Yeah. The orgasms that I've had through anal have been actually more powerful than just vaginal stimulation alone. I hear that. Absolutely. So I I always tell women, it's something worth exploring because obviously there's no pressure. You don't have to do anything with a partner, but just know that this is a very sensational part of your body that would probably be to your benefit to check out and see if it works for you. Because if it does, you're just opening another pleasure portal. And why why not have many of them, right? (laughs) Another pleasure portal. I love that. Yeah, it sure is. And we're talking about butt stuff, right? And, And anal toys and everything. And one of the reasons I love sex toys so much is that because there's so many variety 
activities, different materials, different different toys to stimulate, different erogenous zones. There's a little bit of everything. There's something out there for everyone. But I know that it is very overwhelming for people to choose the sex toy if they've really never shopped for one before. A lot of women especially have, you know, and maybe this is just my experience because I've been this person, but I'm the kind of person who I'll buy a vibrator for one of my girlfriends if they've never had a sex toy before. I can tell you that I have been that person for several people. And most women that I know, typically they will have received a toy from a friend. So they never even shop for their own first sex toy by themselves. Or if they did, they just got a plain old vibrator because they didn't know what to buy, right? But how can you, how can people with vulvas learn what to buy for themselves? How do you shop for a sex toy if you've never shopped for one before? There's really no other way to put it. You've got to get handsy with yourself and see what really ticks you off. <laughs> That's not to say, because I, you know, I'm sitting here in my apartment and I have like a dungeon full of very unique toys that do very different things, but it all, it all really comes down to a few key stimulation areas in our bodies. If you do have a vulva, you either have clitoral stimulation, maybe G-spot stimulation. There's even A-spot stimulation, mm. cervical, which is where you like getting your cervix stimulated. That's a little harder to do with fingers, mm-hmm. but maybe you do feel that pressure when you are with a penis-owning friend. Mm. And then there's forms of anal stimulation. And even though those are all in regards to your genitals, also realize that there's a variety of toys that are meant for nipple stimulation, mm-hmm. uh, sensation play, things like that. So it's a really big world. But if you want to at least get the most basic idea of what kind of product you want, I would recommend taking maybe an hour or two to touch yourself and see what feels good. And from there you can go. So for myself, I'm a big old slut for clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. G-spot stimulation very rarely does things for me. I have a few toys that can maybe really stimulate me in that sense. But the minute I touched my clitoris as a young woman, I knew it was time. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that that was my gold and glory. And then when I started experimenting with anal play and experimenting with my own fingers and touching myself in that area, I also realized how stimulating that was, which led me to buy my first set of butt plugs just as yourself. (laughs) So with the toys, if you're questioning what to buy, because one, there's a lot of options. And two, sex toys can be expensive. And I mm-hmm. urge you to get expensive toys because if they're super cheap, they're probably not going to be the best. Just a side thought. Please don't go buy a $10 bullet vibrator from like a Spencer's at a mall. Please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Your clitoris deserves so much more. <laughs> I agree. But also, you know, when you're talking about quality, you know, the materials that your toys are made out of, I only ever buy things that are made out of body safe silicone or you know, glass or, you know, other other materials that I know are good for my body and that are not going to create a weird reaction. This begs the question that when buying your first sex toy, unless a friend gave you one, it can be really jarring to figure out what you want to buy. And in my opinion, after you're able to touch yourself and see, get maybe a small idea of what you may find pleasurable. I think the best thing you can do is reach out to someone with a little more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where I come in. I'm usually (laughs) one of the main 
points of contact for people that say, I've never masturbated in my life. I kind of like this. I kind of want to explore this. What would you recommend? Talk to someone who's a professional. Either talk to someone online. You can email a lot of us. Or even if you do, go to your local sex shop. Nine times out of 10, those employees are really fucking awesome and they want to help you find Mm -hmm. something that's going to suit your body. That's so true. And also just know that even if a certain sex toy, you know, is one of the hottest on the market and you know a lot of other people who love it, but for some reason you get it and you're like, eh, it's not really doing it for me. That's okay. And a lot of how I discovered, I mean, I also have a crazy closet full of sex toys, but another way that I discovered what I like when it comes to toys is I experimented. Trial and error, just like a lot of different things, right? You know, you try it, you don't like it. Okay, that's okay. And who knows? Maybe you'll like it a few months down the line or a few years down the line once you start experimenting with different things. But there's no one right answer. If there was one right answer, there would only be one sex toy in the whole world. And even if the toy you got may not be working for you, this goes back to the beginning of our podcast. Try switching it up because if it doesn't work for you in one position, who's to say that, say you're laying down on your back with a wand on your clitoris and it's just not doing it for you. Who's to say that wand won't change your life if you flip over and maybe do a grinding motion against it? Or maybe you put it behind a sheet so it's not so intense. Or maybe you try it with a partner. It's very subjective. I always say it's just timelihood. You may need to use it for longer. Every toy, every toy is like a little person. You learn a relationship with it. That's very cute. That's very true. That's very, very true. I have good relationships with my toys, but it takes time sometimes to build those relationships, like you're saying. I know who's going to get me there in five minutes, and then I know who I'm having a full-blown two-hour date with. Mm -hmm. All of those dates, all of those relationships can be great in their own way. And, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for one, sometimes you're in the mood for another. But I think that's why it's great. You know, not everyone has to have a whole closet full of toys. Could be a little bit expensive. Not everybody gets stuff gifted to them. Like, we get an opportunity to have by all these great companies who are like, test out my toy. Tell me what it feels like, you know? But you can try, start with one. Start with one based on, you know, what Ever you are feeling when you are pl- trying to pleasure yourself with just your hands at first. Like Juliet is saying, just get a feel for what will work for you and then test it out. Test out different things and see see what works. You'll find the answer that's right for you. And then you could build on your collection from there. Absolutely. And that's really the beauty about masturbation and sexuality as a whole is that it's very pertinent to ourselves. We are very individualistic. We all have our own needs and they're not supposed to match each other's and they're not supposed to mimic other people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you do gain the empowerment of knowing your sexuality and knowing what you need to thrive in a pleasure-based arena, after that, my confidence when I found out what I wanted to do and what made me get off skyrocketed. <laughs> the minute I found out... <laughs> The minute I found out this is how I like to come, I like to masturbate like this, 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 and this, I just became a demanding girl. Like, <laughs> I just, I know what I want and I get it. Uh-huh. I, I know you're a big old sex toy slut, so that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do need advice about what toys to use, definitely ask Julietta. She knows. She's tested out enough and she will happily guide you to whatever will work for you. Definitely reach out to her if that's what you want to do. Right now, we're going to, I'm going to enlist some of her advice as well because it is time for Letter Selexi. I'm going to give you the shameless, no bullshit answer. Your friends might not have the titanium ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. No question is ever too taboo or queer or weird, so don't be shy. I love getting your messages, so keep on sending them in. Write to me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's a Lexi with an I, a silver with a Y. So I chose a couple of letters that I thought 
thought Julieta could help me out with. So this one is from Tori from Miami. My boyfriend really wants to role play and pretend we're different people. I think it would be really hot, but what if it's weird and awkward? How can I keep it sexy without feeling uncomfortable or strange pretending to be someone else? Okay, so Tori, firstly, <laughs> get out of your own head, okay? It could. It might feel weird and awkward, but that's okay. And it's okay if you laugh or it feels funny or whatever. That's okay. The whole point of role play is that it's fun, <laughs> right? The whole point of sex is that it's fun. It doesn't matter if that happens the first time. That's okay. So take that out of your head. That's not, that should not be a barrier for you testing out something new, right? A lot of no. things that you don't see in porn and that people don't talk about is that laughter during sex is a thing, you know? Sometimes we, we trip over our own two legs when we're trying to take our pants off, you know? Sometimes one of us falls <laughs> off the bed. Things happen, okay? And so during role play, you know, there are lots of different things that could go awry and that's okay if that happens. So if it's weird or awkward, don't worry about it. Laugh, brush it off and continue with whatever role or fantasy that you have. Absolutely. And the whole the whole point of role play is to try something new. You're you're trying to get each other off, not get a fucking Oscar. It's not meant to be as serious uh, as you're making it. I think if you have any doubts with role play, or if there's if there's anything that you have a setback on, just talk about it beforehand. Just say this is what concerns me or this makes me feel a little awkward or what do you think about this? Just communicate it. But at the end of the day, like Lexi said, it's just fucking fun. It is. And you know, to keep it sexy or, you know, if you are, I guess, finding it strange to be someone else, do a bit of prep first. Okay. So separately from your partner, it, this is a little harder if you live together because, you know, they might overhear you, but it doesn't really matter anyway. Go into a separate room. And while you're getting ready for your date, get yourself into that headspace. So talk to yourself in front of the mirror. You know, if you want to try like a deeper or sexier voice, try that in front of the mirror, you know, slip into the role. So let's say you're trying to pretend to be a sexy stripper or something, but you've never done that before. So what would this person, this persona, how would they feel? How would they speak? What kind of words would they use? How would they hold their bodies? All of these little things will really help you with your role and help you slip into that persona. So try it to prep a little bit if you want, and that might make you feel a little bit more confident going into it. But also like like we've been saying, don't sweat it if it doesn't work out the first time. And it shouldn't be a barrier to you trying it again if that is the case. No, it's meant to be a fun experience. It's like a team bonding experience. <laughs> And you're meant, it, it really is. And you're meant to have fun. And in a lot of ways, like you said, practice for the role, do things that you think that role might do. But if it makes you more comfortable, just find it as an extension of yourself. Why wouldn't you want to have a fun alter ego that you slip into? I think that's pretty hot. Oh, yeah, that's super hot. Okay, so let's give Becky from New Mexico some advice, okay? I'm single and love dating, but lately I've been finding my sexual experiences have been less than fun. I don't know what it is, but I've been having more pleasure masturbating than with my partners. Could I be addicted to my sex toys or am I doing something wrong and trying to connect with my partners? Okay, well, I don't know your partners or how good or not good they are in terms of sex, but what I am kind of hearing here that you're not really addressing maybe is the communication part that Julieta was talking about before. I if you're having a great time with your sex toys, why not, you know, add them into the mix. If you know that you have a particular toy that you love and that works for you, add that into whatever sexual experience you have with your partners. Have them see the way you interact with your toy and then show them how they can do similar things to you as well. You know, in terms of doing something wrong and trying to connect with your partners, I don't really like to think of it as doing things wrong, but I think that there could certainly be more communication in the way that you're talking to your partner about what 
you like. So don't be shy. Speak up and show them what you like. What do you think, Julieta? It takes two to tango. So if your partner may not be satisfying you, I forgot who said this, but it, it always stuck with me because it was very powerful is that your pleasure is your responsibility. Hmm. If, <laughs> if you're not saying anything, if you're unsatisfied and you're just moping around and not voicing it to them, then of course nothing is going to change. If you don't do anything, it's like if nothing happens, nothing happens. It is completely your responsibility to communicate that. Or maybe, as Lexi said, start incorporating some methods that lean towards your pleasure and also show your partner what you like. Because it does sound like there's a lack of communication in your partner's knowing what you may like or not. I like what you said there. Your pleasure is your responsibility. And it's true. All right, let's uh, let's tackle Sonia in Calgary's letter here. Okay. I'm married and I'm a very sexual person, but my husband isn't. I feel like he used to be, but a few years ago, the sex started dropping off. I masturbate all the time, but I feel like I'm going crazy and I need some kind of sexual stimulation from him soon. We're monogamous and I'm not going to cheat on him, so it's sex with him or nothing. The last few times I tried to seduce him, he said no and ended the discussion. I don't know what to do or even how to talk to him about this because he seems really closed off. Please help. Okay, so Sonia, that sounds like a super frustrating situation. I'm really sorry to hear that. It is common that sometimes people might have differences in desire. And if you can maybe, I, I'm not psychic and I, neither are you, like, you know, Julieta was saying before, you know, we don't know what is going on in our partner's heads until we ask them or, you know, we have to make sure that they're willing to talk to us about that. But as far as a couple of years ago, the sex starting to drop off. Maybe there are reasons that are maybe not related to you specifically that could be creating a decreased libido for your partner. So if your husband maybe has been experiencing stress or maybe lost his job or is dealing with a lot of other issues, you know, there could be things related to personal aspects of his life that are maybe not related specifically to your relationship that he could be going through. You know, there's also physical aspects. Certain people with penises who might ejaculate prematurely or might have erectile dysfunction and could be shy about it or not want to engage in sex because they don't want to experience those things in front of their partner. There are lots of potential reasons why those things might have been dropping off. But if you are trying to communicate to your partner that you have needs and that you want them and you want to play with them and they're not able to meet those needs or not even acknowledging that you have those needs and that you're trying to tell them something intimate that is important to you, that to me is, an, is really the issue here. Not the lack of sex, but the fact that your partner is not hearing what you have to say and not willing to listen to the fact that you are you know, not satisfied in this area and you want to connect with them more intimately. So I hear mm-hmm. here, you know, the last few times you tried to seduce him, he said no one ended the discussion. I'm hearing a lot of lack of communication there. That's the problem. So if you guys can't resolve that on your own and you've tried and tried and tried again, I highly recommend thinking about couples therapy or some kind of couples counseling to try to get your partner to open up a bit. Whether, you know, your partner is going to be willing to discuss it or not, that is a different story. But if your partner is not even willing to go to couples therapy with you if you suggest it to them and you mention to them that it is something important to your relationship and something that is important to you personally. If they're not willing to prioritize your 
your relationship above their ego or whatever other issues are going on, that is something you need to consider in terms of your relationship. It's about drawing boundary. And I, and I think up until now, you've been very flexible with, with dealing with this kind of, I guess, kickback from someone not communicating with you. But there's nothing more anticlimactic than this lack of respect. And the lack of respect is having a partner that's not willing to listen to you. And sex may be the least of your issues right now. I think if there's such a kickback towards sex that there, like Lexi said, there might be some bigger underlying issues, not just the sex. Yeah. And that's something I think is really important to address because this is all symptomatic of a larger issue. What that is, I don't know, but it is something that is definitely necessary to explore for the benefit of your relationship, whether you're having sex or not. So chances are, if you're having these issues related to sex, you're probably having other issues in your relationship beyond the sexuality. Thank you, Julieta, for your really amazing insights into this. I uh, I hope that we've helped uh, the three of you. And if you want me to answer your question about sex or relationship, email me at Lexi at SDC.com or find me on social media at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y, and I will be happy to answer your question. Now that's how you can reach me. Julieta, how can we reach you and how can people benefit from your advice? So people can reach me mainly through my social media platforms and my website, which are all at Julieta Chiara or at julietachiara.com. And that's where I have a multitude of free resources in terms of education, product recommendations, coaching services, consulting. And then on top of that, always an open door for a DM and trying to lead you in the right possible direction and just give you a little bit of insight. So I really thrive on the fact that I've created a couple platforms where people can authentically be themselves and feel safe enough to reach out. Hit her up on social. She always has amazing content, great things to to say about sexuality and empowerment. So follow her on all the things because I do as well and I love it. And don't hesitate to reach out to her because she will really try to help you as much as possible. So thank you so much, Julieta. And thank you for joining me today. This was a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, Lexi and SDC. This is a family affair at this point. Yes. And although it is a little bit of a dirty family, uh, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no other way. <laughs> no, not for us. So that is it for this week's episode, my lectual friends. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget, you could learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek, discover, and connect at SDC.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 